0: Hi everyone, may peace be on you all. My name is Sheila and welcome to another episode of I'm a Muslim and That's Okay. And welcome to part two of my very special segment called Ask a Muslim. So I'm so happy, you know, I got such great response from last week's episode. Lots of people, you know, gave me great feedback and even I even got one or two more questions. So Um, I'm just gonna jump right into it but before I do I probably should give the disclaimer I should have given in last week's episode as well all of the answers to my questions are not based on like extensive religious knowledge they are part opinion and um, part like I guess it's not part opinion it's mostly opinion and mostly based on and partly based on whatever like minuscule religious knowledge I have so (laughs) I know that's pretty sad but still so here we go with that disclaimer I'm just gonna jump right into it question number one now this one was sent by my friend and she didn't want her name so I did I'm just gonna use her initials my friend NG and she said that her husband um, he works with a lot of uh, Somali refugee patients and she was wondering um, what are some of the things that are specific to Somali uh, Muslims versus the entire religion Uh, like she for example she had said um, when it came to shaking hands um, uh, what her husband found out was that it's not generally um, uh, practiced, especially when it comes to women. Also, she said that he found out that wiping in the bathroom was uh, done uh, by the left hand uh, why, uh, by Somali uh, Muslims, and all the pre- food prep was done with uh, the right hand. Um, so she was asking me, "Is that uh, are those things that her husband observed? Are they?" universal to islam or just to somali muslims now um uh, fair warning ng i i'm not very familiar with somali culture but what i can tell you is that um yes when it comes to shaking hands i know amongst men i mean most men will shake hands with uh, muslims or not muslims if they're amongst men Uh, and women will shake hands uh, muslim women will, will shake hands amongst other Muslim women and um, uh, uh, even non-Muslim women. But generally, uh, the the rule is uh, that uh, opposite genders don't really do uh, physical contact, and handshakes are is one of those things. And again, this is something that also comes in culturally. Uh, some Muslim women do; they will shake hands with the opposite gender, but a lot of them won't. So, um, if you meet some a Muslim woman or a Muslim man of the, uh, uh, I mean, I mean, a Muslim of the opposite gender, gosh. Um, the thing is, if they extend their hand to you, then generally, you know, it's okay to shake their hand. But most, most of the time, uh, Muslims will avoid, uh, you know, physical contact with anyone of the opposite gender. Um, and f- as for your second uh, and third part of your question, yes, um, uh, actually, uh, the bathroom bit is pretty in- interesting. Um, yes, uh, wiping, uh, but we don't as culturally use toilet paper. Uh, we usually use water when uh, we like clean ourselves after use- going to the bathroom. Um, and yes if there is any wiping involved it would be done by the left hand and uh, as for food prep um, so here's the thing when it comes to the right hand uh, it's generally preferred and I've not heard this about uh, food prep but I know that uh, culturally especially in Pakistani culture it's generally encouraged that when you're like consuming food that uh, it should be from the right hand because obviously when You're using the left hand for, uh, like, you know, after you use the bathroom, it's generally a bad idea to use the same hand for eating, that sort of thing. Even if you wash your hands, just as a like a cleanliness measure, I guess. So that's why uh, when it comes to like eating and everything, it's generally encouraged uh, as religious practice, as a religious tradition, to use the right hand. Um, For food prep I mean you can use both hands it's fine I mean I have not heard about food prep in specific that it can't be with the left hand but again I guess it could be culturally in Somali culture to not to do that Uh, but I have not ever actually encountered that uh, personally Um, and as for uh, other things I know that some people especially in Muslim circles can be a little particular about using only the right hand um, and, you know, sometimes if the, if their children are left handed, they try to get them to be right handed, but, you know, they don't have to do that. I mean, I I have seen in, in nowhere that it's said that, no, you have to do everything with the right hand. It's, I mean, it doesn't have to have to be that way. It's generally good practice, but, you know, it, it's not something that can be forced upon a person. If the person is left handed, if that's their dominant hand, then that is what they can use, it's fine. Um, but for eating, I've, I know that a lot of people are particular about the right hand. So um, I hope uh, I've answered your questions. And moving on to question number two, and this was by my uh, friend Decolia. And she asked, um, one thing that she's noticed is that there are many differences in uh, in in the Muslim community. Um, how do I deal with Muslims that have different views on dressing and child rearing, uh, etc.? Um, uh, again, I think I addressed this in my previous uh, episode. Here's the thing, I, and I'll be honest with you, Decolia. Um, even in within the same sect of Islam, you will have a lot of people practicing things very 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 differently so um the rule of the thumb is it just because it's something that's practiced in your household it's not necessarily going to be practiced in even another uh muslim uh, household of the same sect it's just that's just how it is it's weird i can't even explain it to you i mean um i a lot of i mean i have Friends uh, from who are uh, and if if you had to ask me, I would would define myself from the Sunni sect of Islam, and I have Sunni Muslim friends. But even then, I mean, when I go to their houses, they have a lot of different practices that I'm not aware of, and even uh, even semi-beliefs that I'm not aware of. And I just that's the thing. Um, There are certain things that uh, you. You, you just don't point fingers at I guess. So if uh, somebody else if they have different views on child rearing and you have different views um what I try to do is respect their boundaries with their kids and most of the time they will respect my boundaries with my children as well. There's not a lot of like uh, finger pointing and stuff like that oh why are you doing it this way and so on and so forth. So you know you just respect each other's boundaries and you know just be nice to one another. That's how it is, you know. Usually, how it is. Um, I have never really encountered any sort of any any points that that have been bones of contentions, really. And question number three. Now, this was by my friend Sarah, and this was a hard question, Sarah. And you know, you really really gave me the runaround with this one. But um, again, I'm not never going to. Turn away a question just because it's a difficult one, so let me read it out for you guys um, So she was asking me. Um, what are my views on ld? LGBTQ people particularly as being gay strictly forbidden in Islam if any of your children were in a same-sex relationship With another person. How would you deal with any criticism you see from within your family or the Muslim community and friends? Okay, now this is a tricky question. Um, and you would be, um, I guess, correct in in your assumption that uh, a, ha- being in a gay relationship is not allowed in Islam. And I did a bit of research in this, and again, gosh, there was so many views out there. and I mean, I went to uh, Muslim articles and different forums and everything so many different views so many shouting matches I just didn't want to get into that too it's just messy but here's the thing Um, and uh, uh, as in most judeo-christian religions and their religious traditions there is the story of Lot and his people and the condemnation of his people and it's in Islamic tradition as well Um, but what I when I was reading up and sort of researching all of this um, from, my, uh, from what I gathered is that, um, like for any prohibition that is in Islam, like you can say any prohibition, I mean, I guess, um, like the consumption of alcohol, um, um, uh, having uh, extramarital relationships, all of these things. Um, it's not the desire for these things that is not what is Forbidden. It is um, acting upon it, which is, and I know um, that is in itself. It's tricky because um, when someone is uh, of uh, is is gay or uh, is of the LGBTQ uh, community, it's not just about feeling a certain way. Is how do you live a fulfilling life that way? Especially when you uh, belong to a faith where. A majority of people will look down upon you, and that is, um, I think, where the problem lies. Especially in the Muslim community, we uh, have not reached a place where we can see these things without, I mean, without, without, you know, uh, without prejudice. I, I would say. And th- that is a shame because I personally uh, honestly know people that I-, I knew when I was younger that then uh, I later found out that they were gay. And uh, and uh, let me be honest, even when I did know them, you know, personally, it was very obvious that they were, but I can only imagine how hard it was for them to be uh, especially surrounded by people who would look down upon them if they came out as gay. and. It's not an easy answer to this, but um, if i if I had to tell you that if, if if my children that came told me that they were gay, I would definitely you know approach them from a place of love. I do not believe in condemnation of any sort for any anybody's uh mistakes or even um how would you say um, even when they 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 are lost because uh, it is a, it is a very difficult thing it is a very difficult situation to be in that you know that what you feel inside will not be wholly accepted and how do you live with that how how will you do you live that way and I, I think what made me, uh, what gave me a little bit of hope is that when I was doing research for your answer, Sarah, I did find a whole community of, uh, of Muslim people that that had uh, uh, feelings, uh, that like same-sex feelings, and they ca- came together in that community to help each other out, to help sort each other out, uh, not sort each other out, sort out how... Will they live their lives with how they feel and how how they they exist and yet still uh, be within religious confines? And I know um, that might not be a complete answer for you, uh, Sarah, but it definitely does give me hope. It gives me hope because for those who are of our generation, those who are younger than us, who are Muslim and who are gay at least they won't be lost they have a place where they can find some answers for themselves and um, I hope I can um, I've answered your question it was a hard one but you know I, as I've said I I would not shy away from them um, and question number four and five now both of these questions are by my friend Elizabeth and um, she is asking does Islam have strong a strong stance on abortion um and um to answer that question elizabeth now here's the thing um i think in christian circles it's more of a bone of contention and i can't tell you why because i'm not uh, christian but i know in muslims um uh, since we generally don't have uh and i'm not saying it doesn't happen at all it does but generally uh, we don't have a lot of um Children that are born out of wedlock, so um, the 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 aspect of uh, abortions generally doesn't come up. But here's what I know, is that if uh, if there is the situation of there is rape, and there is a, a pregnancy, there is uh, permission for abortion. If the mother's uh, health is in jeopardy, most definitely there is permission for uh, abortion, and um if um, uh, and from what I understand of it um, abortion before four months is allowed because according to Islamic tradition there this, the the fetus does not have a soul at that time so if a, an abortion is required before four months it is allowed and it is not considered that it, it that there is a person inside of um, the woman's womb that is a my understanding of it, um, and yet, so that is that is the Islamic view, uh, view for abortion. But um, as a, as when it comes to like when um, we see in the U.S., this, this is one of those things that comes up so frequently. But in Islamic circles, uh, it, I have not seen it come up that frequently uh, that it would be like this major major, um, I guess, uh, shouting point. It's not it's usually isn't that way Um, because, yes, uh, abortion is not um, not thought thought good of if if it's done carelessly. But it's not uh, it's not something that is like you can't have an abortion, Um, especially when these criterion are are met. Um, And her her other question is that would be my question number five. Um, she said that uh, when she was visiting, visiting uh, Turkey, she experienced prayer times throughout the day. Um, uh, since And then she asked, since in the U.S., we do not give opportunity to pray in public. Uh, do employees take a moment for themselves at this time, skip the, that prayer altogether, or make it up at the end of the day? So she was asking about the five daily prayers and how we do it in the U.S. Well, I mean, um, different people do it differently. I mean, if it was me and I was working... Um, outside of my home, I would just generally, like, whatever the time is, and if I can, like, um, like have, like, a five-minute block, I would just pray in my office. Uh, that's what I would do. And um, usually for most prayers that happen during, like, work hours um, are, are the afternoon and uh, early evening prayer. And you have a certain amount of time that um, you can uh, pray those prayers without you know, it overlapping with the time for your second prayer. So for that, you have some time. So if you're like in a meeting and you, and it's prayer time, you don't have to have to pray at that time. You can do it after the meeting, so it's fine. Uh, but I do know some people who might skip it and might do it at the end of the day. Um, but uh, again, different schools of thoughts. Some would say it's okay. Some would... Think that it's not okay that they shouldn't be skipping, but again, I'm not gonna comment on that. So, and now question number six, and this would be question number six to ten, are all by my friend JS, and she's, I know, she's fantastic. She, you know, really sends me all these, uh, like, really intellectual questions, and I hope I can answer them, but so let me start. So she asks, uh, so many perceptions that Islam is oppressive to women, how would you answer that? And how would you compare it to other religions in, religions in America, like Mormonism, Christianity, and Judaism? Um, ah, that's a difficult one, J.S., um, only because I can't compare it to other religions, because I really don't know that much about uh, Christianity, Mormonism, or Judaism. I can't say, but I can only tell you from my experience as a Muslim and how, um, women are, women are, um, uh, uh, I mean, our rights are as women. Um, and if here's the thing, what you see as oppressive or shown as oppressive in the media is often a misinterpreted in the media. It's, also misunderstood uh, in the terms of a religious con- context because a lot of people consider um, like uh, like seeing women wear the hijab or um, not being not showing their bodies as oppressive um, but for us it's it's more of um, having the the right not to not to show our body um, because um from the way i see it it's it's just that when you do show more i i've seen that there's a lot more pressure to look and and be a certain way and i don't know i mean i'm i'm just i've never been that way i just i'm fine in my sweats and my you know not having to worry about if i gain like 20 pounds during this quarantine i know it's awful but um uh, that that's the thing. It it is. It it can be very freeing not to have to have to look a certain way. So I mean, I'm not saying that you know Muslim women look bad. A lot of them like really like getting dressed up, and they do get dressed up. It's just that we do have the freedom to not have to be able to not have to conform to a certain way to look. And um, as for um, the other uh, things that uh, sometimes come. Uh, 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 sometimes appear to be oppressive is our uh, practices that are not religious necessarily. And I, I will tell you this, I mean, uh, one of the things that um, uh, gets uh, shown a lot in the media is honor killings. And I'm, I will tell you straight up, it's not Islamic at all. This is very, very cultural and very cultural within, um, the, the, within uh, Pakistani and Indian and even I would dare to say Bangladeshi culture. this is not it's not uh, religious at all. And uh, but it's sometimes the people who are reporting in the media uh, get to tend to confuse these things that just because it's happening in a Muslim family that the implication is that it's Islamic, it's not. that's not how it is. Um, none of that is a part of our faith. So uh, that's the thing most people who are not Muslims cannot um, really um, make make the distinction of is it cultural or is it Islamic and that's one of those problems that I unfortunately I mean I have no solution for but um, when it comes to the basic core principles um, I have never like ever felt that I was oppressed in any way and those who use principles whether they are Muslim or not Muslim to show that we are oppressed are definitely not taking any of these things in the right religious const- context, or even with the with the right amount right amount of religious knowledge. They take a lot of things out of context and try try to throw it at women, just to subdue them or bring them down. It's that sort of thing. So number going on to question number seven by J S. Um, she said. Um, On about 9-11, how do you feel about what happened and the terrorists? How were you affected and how were your children, family, immediate community affected? Um, Discuss radicals, terrorists, and maybe compare it to something comparable here. As in, do you see them in your community and families? Do you feel it widespread? How do you teach your kids about these kinds of issues? Oh boy, JS, I could like go have a complete podcast on this. So... Uh, here's the thing. I was I was not in the U.S. when 9/11 happened. I almost was, but I I, um, I was I had come in to the U.S. for my uh, eldest niece's birth, at, and she was born in May. And my my parents had given me the choice that I could stay and you know um, start college over here, but I decided to go back to Pakistan. But let me tell you, when I saw that on TV, and I, I still remember it, um, I, I was horrified, J.S., I, I can't tell you. Whenever I think about it, it, it uh, I, I can't express the amount of grief that still flows through me. I wasn't even, even, even in the U.S., but y- you cannot imagine how horrified I was. All of us my entire family this is not something that that we as Muslims consider okay and if there are Muslims out there who consider it okay they are wrong I will say that to you plain and simple this is not what is this is what our faith is about you cannot do this I could I mean I I I didn't go into the research of this but I can tell you with, with a lot of surety that that this kind of action is never has never historically been something that has been a part of our teachings or of our faith ever the people who consider themselves Muslims and and went and did this did this only solely for, for political gains, for power, for notoriety. That is it. There's no part of faith that, that, that was involved in it. There really wasn't. There is no part of our faith that involves the murder of innocent people, of, of such, such, such a heinous crime. I mean I, I don't even know I can't even call it a crime. This is it was a monstrosity, JS. That's what it was. But it is not a part of our faith. It is not a part of our belief. It is not a not a part of what we we believe in. It isn't. I don't care who says what, it isn't. If they say it is, they're wrong. Because we are people who greet each other with peace and people who greet each other with peace are not allowed by our core 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 structure of belief to wreak suffering on other people we are not allowed that is how it is and as for how i was affected i mean I, apart from the grief. Personally, I wasn't here, uh, but my brother and sister were, they were most fortunate that they did not receive any backlash. But uh, when it comes to, do I see it in my community? No, I have never encountered anyone personally who, who feels this way or who holds these things i have heard of people no doubt about it i won't lie about it i have heard of people who are who you know are, are are muslims and who say all sorts of these things but not nobody that i know personally but again there are a lot of misguided people even in the islamic faith because this is not just not acceptable for us and when it comes to our children, I do fear for my children, um, because I. Here's the thing: I also I try to teach them all the good that our faith brings, but I also have to teach them that those there are people out there who call themselves Muslims that are not are, that have done things that are not okay. And I have to tell them why those things are not okay. And it's painful. It is a painful admission, but it, it is an admission that we have to make as a community, as a faith, that there are people out there in our in our faith that are misguided, who will use the name of Islam to to do all of these awful, terrible things. But I will do my best to raise my children to... Raise their voices for good and for justice. Then moving on to question number eight by J.S. Um, how well do you feel Islam and Muslims are represented in government, uh, local, federal? Do you feel like you see yourself and other Muslim citizens when you look at your leaders? Ooh. ooh, ooh. Um. Uh. Simple answer, J.S. No. Uh, <laughs> And uh, here's the thing, um, again, I think I mentioned it, mentioned this in a previous podcast, um, that um, I was very heartened by this year's election candidates, because, uh, you know, uh, at least there were so many people of color and, um, uh, you know, there was diversity in the candidates, even though like the last candidate, presidential candidate, was, uh, is, uh, is most definitely white American, but just the fact that there is diversity and uh, and the fact we're seeing change. And even if, you know, there's not a lot of uh, people from our community that are in, you know, higher positions. But I can see that it will happen at least in my kid's lifetime. And we will be represented more in uh, positions of leadership and in the government as well. So... Um, and JS's question number nine. How do you feel about Bill Maher, Alex Jones, Rush Limbaugh, and other celebrities, celebrity voices misrepresenting your religion, culture, and community? And um, are there specific movies, episodes of TV shows, TV programs, talk radio that you feel do a horrible job of representing or describing Muslims? Any that you feel do a great job? So th- this is interesting, JS, because... Um, <laughs> I watch very little TV, and I've heard, um, you know, uh, Bill Maher and Rush Limbaugh being very critical of Muslims, of course, with Rush Limbaugh, I mean, being uh, who he is, um, I wouldn't expect anything less, but I have personally never, you know, seen any of their their monologues or their, uh, any of their shows to really tell what they say. Um... And so, again, this when you uh, exist as a minority, you sort of see it as a default setting, unfortunately. That, especially like up until now, since we don't have a lot of representation in the media, so I we don't expect to be viewed favorably anyway. Um, so it it yeah, it feels not. Good when you hear that people say are saying these sort of things, but you sort of like grin and bear it, and you know hope hoping that you know you you see more um Muslim characters muslim uh, or not even just Muslim characters or like uh people of color having more prominent roles and i let me just tell you um when I saw uh malik um he he played uh Freddie Mercury in um, in the movie about Queen, gosh, I'm so awful, I forget names, um, that was not even the first time I'd seen him, um, his first role that I, I had seen was in Mr. Robot, and I was like, oh my god, he, he, he doesn't seem like, I mean, he, he's, he he seems Middle Eastern, I don't know what it was about him, and I was like, wonder if he's muslim and you know he's uh, i i have not researched if he's muslim or not but he's definitely from the middle east and when i read his name uh, i mean malik is a very a very very muslim last name and you know like, you get so excited about it oh my god he's got a he's got this really nice lead role in this this really nice drama series that it, it really gets you excited and you know, so these are the sort of things that you know as you go on ahead. And I think I've mentioned this before. I mean, I was uh, watching uh, this TV show on Netflix called Hilda, and they, ha- uh, they it has a Muslim character in it. I mean, it's a it's not a, like a, a prominent char- character, but my one of my my sons pointed out, oh, she's wearing the hijab. And you see that and it makes you excited because that was not a thing that we saw when we were growing up. Like it was never there in TV shows, but you see more and more of it. And, you know, it just even, yeah, you know, you have people like Rush Limbaugh and maybe even Bill Maher, uh, you know, saying these things. But what you see is that they are of a generation that is soon not going to be as prominent in the media anymore. So, and they'll be replaced by um, people who are younger, people who are, you know, more diverse, you know, representing not just Muslims, but other minorities. And we'll be able to see ourselves in the media. Oh, yeah. And you'll have to excuse my cats. Unfortunately, they, they want to interrupt my podcast. <laughs> so, moving on to question number two. 10, my final question by J.S. She asked, I see a ton of examples and blessings in my personal life and in the media of Muslims being generous and giving, whether that's helping after tra- tragedies, donating money, donating time and resources. Is there a religious teaching or cultural expectation with giving like in Christianity? Some denominations put- pushing tithing more than others how did it shape you growing up and learning about society and poverty and class and social responsibility if it is something that was taught in your religion home community do you see it actively here how do you feel about mega churches and tv pastors i think that was like 10 questions in one js so (laughs) so no i'm i'm you know i i'm so happy that you know you notice these things but uh yes um when it comes to donating and social causes it is a big big part of our faith um, especially when it comes to to giving support in communities it is an integral part of our faith one of our five pillars of our faith is the giving of charity and um, I I, uh, uh, in the U.S. especially I am so happy to see that uh, Muslims are a lot more active within their communities and doing a lot of social work even for um, uh, uh, like not even not just within the Muslim community itself, but at, in the community at large, and um, it, it's it's um, it's one of those things that I didn't see. Um, uh, like people doing actively when I was growing up in Pakistan. I mean, I'm not saying that there there weren't a lot of good charitable organizations. There were a lot of them in, in Pakistan. It's just that uh, the Muslim community wasn't as active. But my mom personally did a lot of social work. And I learned a lot of um, my... Um, uh, I mean, I got a lot of my drive towards social work from her because she was very driven by helping those who were poor and needy who were downtrodden i mean uh she did that for uh, a greater part of when i was growing up she you know did a lot of fundraisers and um you know raising awareness about drugs and um you know all of these things she did a lot of those things so i i i learned a lot from her and i'm hoping that i when my kids get a little bigger i would be able to pass that on to them you know do a lot more than I'm doing right now you know more social work more charitable donations and my my younger one especially is really sweet about these things I mean we try to like put in these little things like we have this charity jar at home and you know I whatever change we get from you know whatever cash um, uh, purchases we do we put it in that jar and he he's he's so into it I'm so proud of him that, you know, whatever change then he gets, you know, he started putting it in there too, and he's so particular about it, but, you know, it is definitely a part, a huge part of our faith to actively, um, help other people out, especially people in need, definitely, and when it, uh, let's see, what your other, our other part of your question was, um, how do I feel about mega-churches and TV pastors? Oh, um, and, and here, again, I am in no position to comment about it because i i'm I'm um not directly affected by it or I've never been to a mega church before but let me tell you this um from what I've heard of them and I've maybe experienced a a few of the t v pastors in my late night t v viewings and maybe on the radio as well um here's the thing um this whole phenomenon of how They are and how they operate, you know, taking in donations, call the 1 800 number and donate now, that sort of thing. Uh, It's not just restricted to Christianity. I I hate to say it, but I've seen a lot of like um, uh, Islamic. Re- religious leaders that, uh, especially in Pakistan who do sort of the same thing and I don't like it either way because it's pretty iffy and questionable to be when they they're sort of you know doing it that way I mean there is um I mean I don't necessarily find it bad to raise uh, donations for the running of a a, a particular like uh, like church or a masjid or a mosque anything of that sort because yes it's uh, it is uh, an institution that needs to be maintained and all of these things and all of its people do have to be paid but i mean how but how much and how far do you push you know gathering all those je- uh, charitable donations is what is can sort of become pro- problematic so i think um when it comes to these things a lot of people have difficulty like finding like that middle path for what is it how much is enough do you really need a private jet or a new car you know that sort of thing (laughs) so I mean let me tell you I mean that that sort of thing sort of is universal sadly so uh, but uh, so those are all my questions for this this week's special uh, episode segment and i'm so glad that um, you know all of you sent in your questions and um, if anybody has any more you know send them all to me maybe i'll do another special segment of ask a muslim but until then and until next week uh, when i'll come with another episode of my podcast may peace be on you all and take care Thank you so much for tuning in to I'm a Muslim and that's okay. And if you wish to follow my social media for more updates, you can follow me on Instagram, on Facebook and on YouTube. All the links to those are in the show notes. And if you are on Apple or on Spotify or on Podchaser, please do give my podcast a five star rating. It really does help get me, you know, in the public eye. And if you wish to donate to support the podcast, you can do so through the PayPal link in my show notes as well. Take care.